How is this out and about? Thought I'd see if anybody wants to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. All right, Nate Dog, we're here to handicap game five of the NBA finals between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. The series heads back to the Chase Center for game five, a pivotal, pivotal game five. I was trying to figure out the specific percentage, but more than 80% of the teams that win game five end up winning the series. Um, the Golden State Warriors actually took or tied the series 2-2 with a 107-97 win in game four. Um, I'm actually doing pretty well in these finals. Nate, you're killing it in the props, though. Um, what props what, have been on spot. Yeah, what, uh, did, did you um, profit in game four in your props as well? Yeah, so in game four, we did a podcast for that one. I'm pretty sure I missed my play. I, I forget which ones I did. I know I, I personally did do well. I, I hit both the ones I had that I actually bet. I'm, I'm kind of forget what I uh, gave out on the podcast, though. But you've been doing pretty well in your articles as well for the pro- for the props? Yeah, so I can't factor in game four on this one, but I know for the first three, I should go back and factor in game four just to check it out. But I know for the first three, I was 10 and two. And that Holy includes shit. a couple plus money ones. Like uh, like game three, I gave out Tatum over five and a half assists. And I think he had like eight or something. Um, so it, it hasn't just been like straight gimmies the whole time. I mean, I had one where it was like Grant Williams over a three and it was like minus 140 or something and, and a hit, but... Um, there's definitely nothing worse than like a minus 140 in there. So it, it's been a pretty good run so far. I've been doing better on that than my actual team picks. That's for sure. I mean, I've hit every game except for game one, but I hit on the props to end up profiting in game one anyways. But game four, I took the Warriors plus three and a half, which is a winner. I went under Jason Tatum, 26 and a half points, which was looking rough in the first half, but then ended up cashing. And then I whiffed on over 108 and a half in the first half. And I'm pretty mad about that one. I felt like it was kind of a bad beat. Like I, my analysis and my handicap for the first half over was just dead on. And I don't know if you watched that game, but um, the the commentators, Van Gundy and Je- uh, Mark Jackson, just made a point how both teams are looking to get out in transition and speed up the pace. Um, actually Steve Kerr started, um, Otto Porter in that game over Kevon Looney. Cause he was looking to like, I don't know, change things up and give Boston a different look. And it, it felt like the Warriors, um, were seeing it as I was seeing it and, and that they would have to pick up the pace in order to get a more efficient offense. But Clay Thompson missed a couple, uh, crucial threes that would have put that game over the, uh, the first half total. Boston Celtics missed five uh, first-half free throws. Steph Curry, who finished with an all-time game, probably his best basketball game he's ever played. Well, no, de- definitely, definitely best finals maybe game. His best, definitely probably his best postseason game. Yeah, def- definitely best postseason or uh, finals game and probably postseason game. Um, he was only two for eight from three, though, in the first in the first half. So he ended up 50%. If he was 50% in the first half, I would have went over my total. So that was the one loser. Um, I have struggled this postseason, but I am 7-4 and four in the NBA final. So I think I'm seeing it pretty well. I had the Warriors um, in seven before the season, before the series started. Obviously, 
don't feel any worse about that right now. Uh, uh, being as though they just tied the game up or tied the series up on Friday. But um, the game tips off at uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Monday, June 13th. We're recording this Sunday, June 12th. The odds right now. Uh, Golden State actually just moved up to a four and a half point favorite. Heavy juice in the Boston Celtics at minus 120. The money line's plus 140 uh, for the Celtics, minus 175 for the Golden State Warriors. Total sitting at 211 and a half. Those odds are courtesy of our friends and the sponsor of this podcast, Typico Sportsbook, who's a global sports betting leader that's live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with Typico's. Fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast can get a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions do apply. You must be 21 or older to play, but um, see Typico's website for details. However, you can get a bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. And uh, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and one 800 522 4,700 for Colorado. So, once again, the Warriors even the series with a 107-97 game for a win. Steph Curry had a series-best 43 points. He shot 54% from the field, 50% from three. Absolutely sensational game. Boston peed down its leg in the second half. Um, looking ahead to this game, though, do you have a play on the side, or, or were you um, leaning on putting your money leaning towards putting your money in game five. So I will say the one thing about game four that interests me that I would have added is, I mean, I do have a play on the side, but what I was going to say about game four is uh, it was interesting how it was. So it was 91-86. Draymond Green's out, and then they go on their run. Draymond Green comes back in about 3.30, up three. So they changed that from minus five to plus three. Those like four-minute runs where it was the death lineup, but then Kevon Looney knocked Green. I thought that was interesting. Um I think just from kind of a, like a chess piece game stance, I think it's interesting how Boston or how Golden State is kind of going away from green or away from them in uh, certain situations. And honestly, the one reason that I want to go Boston plus three and a half here, it's not just because all the money's coming in on the Warriors. Like we've gone over, um, there's probably not a ton of money in right now. But honestly, I expect the Boston defense to make some significant adjustments. There's no way in my mind, in anyone's right mind, that they're going to let uh, Steph Curry score what he's averaging 34.3 per game. Most in the series, no one's even within 10 points of that. Um, So how are you going to limit that? You're going to stop playing the stupid drop coverage that they are. Like you're going to have Al Horford or Al Horford and Marcus Smart double team him in a high pick and roll. Because what happens or what feels like has happened to every offensive possession for the Warriors is – Stephen Curry comes up high pick and roll. He walks into a three. That's, that's just cake for him. Um, I expect that to change. So if the Warriors are going to win this game, I would think Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Thompson, who have all been relatively streaky, especially Poole. He hasn't necessarily lived up to that uh, late season hype in the playoffs. They're going to have to step up in a big way. And I don't think I would bet on that. I also would not take the Celtics money line. I know we talk a lot about how, if you think a team's going to cover might as well just bet their money line. I think I would take the plus three and a half. I mean, every game has been decided by 10 plus. I think it's just due to have a game that actually comes down to the wire. So uh, I'll take Boston plus three and a half here. 
Well, you're getting four and a half now. So you get a four, four and, and a half. half. Yeah, it just got it just went up on Tipico. I'm not sure what the market okay. is. Um, so that probably is just them reacting to some uh, probably a lot of pro pro Warriors money. I mean, perhaps, but okay. So this is I'm taking the Warriors minus four and a half. And if you notice in be- before game four, more of the money and more of the action, at least on Tipico, was on Boston, but the line was moving towards Golden State, right? Yeah. And this time, more of the money and more of the bets are on Golden State, and the money's moving towards, or the line's moving towards Golden State. You know what I mean? So, like, they're taking respected money on Golden State right now, and they are moving it according to the betting splits, right? So I thought there was an angle to be had by the reverse line movement or the the line freeze in Game Four. Now I'm now I'm thinking like, hey, I mean, money's coming in on the Warriors, bets are coming in on the Warriors, they're moving it accordingly, right? And I just think, like from a basketball perspective, Boston is a lot worse than Golden State. Like physically, they can overwhelm Golden State. They have the three-point shooters that can get hot if they're physically under overwhelming Golden State. It's going to kind of weaken their defense. It's going to soften them up and cause them to make adjustments. And they'll probably leave certain three-point shooters wide open. And there's a bunch of guys in the Celtics that can connect on three-pointers. But their execution, for the most part, is pretty bad. Like, if you're paying attention to Game 4, their defense turned Golden State over a couple times and then they turn around and gave the ball right back, like immediately. And it's like stuff like that that just adds up to Boston. I was saying, but when I was breaking down game four, there is an opportunity where or there's a chance Golden State could beat Boston outright. Right? And that's kind of what Steph did, right? Half of the half of Golden State's victory was Steph, or maybe seventy five percent of it was Steph. But the other twenty five percent was Boston turning the ball over. Settling for contested threes, contested two-pointers. And the thing that I saw that I just can't unsee and can't, like, I don't know, my, uh, men in black mind race myself um, from from remembering is just how passive Jason Tatum was in the second half. Like, he just kept getting rid of the ball. Um, and you could say, well, he's getting double teamed. Well, you're supposedly the best player on the floor. Steph Curry's getting double teamed. He's finding different ways to get his shot off. So um, I think I just think that the Boston is a year away or a couple years away from maybe winning this series, and their execution is pretty poor. And down the down the 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 stretch of tight games, they've been really bad. So here's Boston's clutch time um, performance since the first round. Now they. They outperformed Brooklyn in the clutch in the first round. No one's arguing that. But since the first round, Boston's got a minus 45 net rating. They're 3-5 and five straight up. They have a 29% effective field goal shooting percentage and a 0.71 assist to turnover ratio. Over that same time span, Golden State's 4-2 and two straight up in clutch, plus 22 net rating. 59% effective field goal shooting percentage, so 30 percentage points better, and a 1.67 assist to turnover ratio. I mean, you see it with your eyeballs, right? Like, you see Tatum and Smart get really clumsy with the ball. So, I mean, maybe Boston physically overwhelms uh, 
Golden State, maybe they hit some threes, but I don't think from an execution standpoint you can be very thrilled on what you've seen from Boston thus far. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, I think especially on a team that was supposed to have the league best defense, um, they have been – I mean, the Warriors have scored 107 twice. The the Warriors have hit three digits all of their games, and they've scored over 105 three of those five times. And if you're – Looking at Boston, it's been interesting because it's been a tale of tale of two different teams almost. I mean, look at game one and three. They've scored they scored 116, 120. And then game two and four, they scored 88 and 97. So it's, it's also kind of difficult to know which Celtics team you're gonna have coming out of the gate. Are you gonna have the ultra aggressive one that out rebounded Golden State by um by 16, nine more offensive rebounds in game three? Or are you gonna have the one that was that allowed them to have that comeback in uh, game four. So I think Golden State has a lot more consistency to their game, given their experience, given um, who's going to be on the court. But at the same time, you have Clay Thompson shooting 34% from three, Andrew Wiggins shooting 32%, Jordan Poole. All those guys are shooting under 40%, and then you have Steph shooting 49%. If if you're Boston, you just have to force someone else to beat you, and then you just have to hope that that's enough. At this point, you just can't keep letting Curry beat you. You got to send doubles if you need to force the ball out of his hands every screen. You have to. I think, and I think that's what they do. And that's kind of a that kind of is where um, my mindset is in the props that I'm going to give out too. Is I think they're going to send a lot more players at Curry and say, "Hey, third year Jordan Poole." Uh, Andrew Wiggins, who did have good efficiencies this year, but he's shooting 32% from three in the playoffs. You beat us. So I think it'll be interesting which Boston team we see, especially because how this series has gone in in terms of Boston's mindset, good, bad, good, bad. Do they bounce back with another good game? Yeah, part of my thing with Boston is I just kind of think they're out of moves, adjustments to be made. Um, or uh, So like – the typical game plan that I see an offensive uh, plan that I see out of Boston is that they try to, they try to set screens until they get a favorable one-on-one matchup. And then they bully that one-on-one matchup. Usually it'll be Steph Curry. It could be Jordan Poole if he's on the floor. They tried it with Clay Thompson and Clay Thompson's on ball defense last game was actually pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, And Curry's an underrated defender as well. Right, especially but, for being a six three, he's. I mean, he's the he's the weak link, sure. but he's underrated. That's what it is. He's the weak link. You got to attack something in the defense, so it's it's more or less Curry unless Poole's on the floor, right? But like, Golden State's adjusted to that. They 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 effectively tried to do the same thing last game, and it just didn't work, and it just wasn't crisp offense. Um, so that's kind of my one thing is, is that Boston just doesn't run crisp enough offense they don't get good enough looks uh unless they're just overwhelming golden state on the on the glass and then they get these offensive rebounds and then obviously you get easy second chance looks from three or from wherever once you get offensive rebounds so i hear your points and just like the biggest point that um i should have started off with is is steph this is the best steph curry's ever looked like you know i mean he's He's won back-to-back MVPs. This Steph Curry is much better than that one. He's more physically, uh, he's just stronger. And, like, the one thing that I like about his game, obviously the three-point shooting, but it feels like everything inside the arc is automatic. Like, pull-ups, 
floaters, finger rolls, running bank shots. Every time he shoots it inside, it's it's going in. It's it's you crazy. See, um, did you see that play where he basically shoved Marcus Smart down and then threw a floater up from like the free throw line? Yeah. And it was just money. Yeah, was, I mean that was a pretty big play in that game. Yeah, I mean it, it's not just that he hits the threes; it's that he can get by you, and then he's he's wreaking havoc on the interior. I kind of agree with you, and that's why I actually have a, an over um, in for Clay Thompson's player props. I agree with you that the Boston makes more adjustments and tries to make someone else beat them, but like I still also think we're due for a breakout um, Clay Thompson game, like. Clay, uh, uh, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins—they've—they've they've left meat on the bone, right? They could have had better performances than they have already. Um, so I'm—I'm I'm thinking one of those or two of those three guys are going to step up and hit some big shots in this game. So I like the Warriors uh, minus four and a half in this game, and um, I'm also going to take them at minus zero and a half. Or um, so they just got to win the third quarter. It's uh, minus zero point five third quarter. It's minus one twenty right now in Tipico. Not sure what it's going for at other books, but like, is there anything more reliable in sports? Sounds like the e- sounds like the easiest money, right? Like sounds it, like the best bet we're going to give out. Yeah, I know it's it's like shocking just how reliable it, the Warriors are in the third quarter. It, it really is if you think about like their. They've been to the finals, I think, six times in the last eight years. Over that eight-year span in sports, like what's more reliable than the Warriors beating their opponent in the third quarter? Rafael Nadal at the French Open, like that's about it. Like there's like it's a given that the Warriors are gonna gonna beat them, uh, beat their opponent in the third quarter. They're four zero straight up and against the spread in the third quarter of this series. They get a plus um, twelve point three margin of victory. Plus 12.3 in the third quarter. That's crazy. One quarter. They're outscoring Boston by 12 points. That's crazy. Uh, Boston's 11-11 and 11 against the spread in the third quarter for these playoffs. The Warriors are 13-7 and seven in the third quarter in these playoffs. And, like, Kerr and the Warriors are just, they're just more comfortable in their own skin. They're more willing to make adjustments. Kerr sat Draymond in the fourth quarter of a must win. Right, they needed him out there for defense. They he's terrible on offense. St- uh, Steve Kerr made a, a decision that could have um, could have could have been been an issue in the locker room, but they made it work. Steve Kerr started Otto Porter ahead of um, Kevon Looney in Game Four just to just to see what it looked like. Right, he's willing to make moves. The team trusts him in the moves that he makes. More so than MA with with the Boston Celtics. And the third quarter is the you know, that's the that's the quarter that sees the most adjustments prior to it. So I'm gonna go over uh the Warriors or excuse me, Warriors minus zero and a half in the third quarter. So they just gotta outscore Boston. Yeah, no, I agree. I like that one. And that kind of that kind of segues into my are you uh you want to player props now? Well, do you, you're the self-proclaimed under God, I believe. Do you like the total in any way? Or do you have any thoughts on the total? I'm not going to lie. I think I stayed away from the total from last time. What's 212? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, if anything, I would probably take that over. I don't, I haven't messed Down. a lot with the total in this series. After I, um, honestly, after that 214 that I said on the podcast went under, I said under 214 and it was 216. I've just, I'm like, whatever. I gave up on the total. 
Yeah, it's just there's too much firepower on both teams, and there's there's too high of three point rates. You know, you can. It just, I just would feel stupid betting an under and it going over by fifteen points, right? Because it certainly could with these three pointers. Yeah, and at the same time, there's not a lot of free throws, but sometimes there are. Like game one only had thirty, but then game two had. Um, like almost 40 and it went under, but then you would have thought the game with more free throws goes over. So like you said, both, both teams are shooting such high three point percent rates. And honestly, it could, any of these games could be 120, 120 shootout. But at the same time, you got to think like a hey, Boston has regressed multiple times. And basically their regression is what's cost the cost over betters. Even if they hit 100 in those games, it still doesn't hit because Boston just hasn't been that good offensively, especially in the fourth quarter. So uh, the Warriors were, what, the second-best home team in the whole NBA, and they had the third-best net re- or defensive rating. Sure, I would prefer the under and the under. This under would have hit in two of four. The under's two and two, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to give it out. I'd rather just take Boston and make some adjustments and keep it within five. All right, cool. Yeah, I don't have any play on the, the total. I think all your points made sense, and I don't really have any pushback on any of them. I have two player props. How many player props do you have? Two. All I right. feel great about them. All right, well, what's your what, what's your first one? All right, just for the hell of it, I looked it up. Uh, my four, my, my four <laughs> sure player props so. articles, I wanted to feel it. My four player oh, props articles have uh, have gone 11 and 5. Okay, that's so profit. I was, I was 1 and 3 in game 2. That was the tough one. Derek White got me and then a couple others. But my first one is kind of segueing into what I've said this whole podcast. I'm going with the Jordan pool over 12 and a half. And it's ironic because he's actually averaging 12 and a half points per game. So my thing is, I think they do more to minimize what Steph Curry does. I know Curry's still going to get his own, but Jordan pool has yet to eclipse 30 minutes per game. I think he got 21 in a, if I'm not mistaken, I think he got 21 minutes and he did 14 points in 21 minutes in game four. He should get more minutes. I don't like Kevon Looney's not playing 28 again. Um, so Poole had 14 in game four. He's hit this total. So it's a minus 109. So it's right about uh right about even with the under. He's hit this total in six of nine games throughout the Warriors' last two series. Like you were thinking with Thompson. The role players are going to play a bigger factor. And Jordan Poole at 12 and a half seems like, seems like a bet that I would feel pretty comfortable in. Cause like I said, he's going to, he should get more opportunities and he's just proved himself to be a quality score. And I think Kerr's going to need that in game in game five. So I'm yeah. On the same lines, I'm going over Clay Thompson, 19 and a half points. I was looking at Jordan Poole, but I don't want to bet him over in a game that he just went over on, especially he went over in 20 minutes, right? Like, yeah, that's high, highly efficient. Now, I agree with your rationale, and if I were to play it either way, it would be over. But I think, just from my perspective, Clay Thompson's just a little sharper of a player, um, has a little more value here, even though obviously it's a bigger point total, nineteen and a half. But like you, I see, I I could see Boston just deciding and selling out and being like, we're gonna make Steph anyone else besides Steph Curry beat us, right? Like send doubles his way all game triples like blitz the the high pick and roll whatever just get the ball out of his hands and i just i could i could see 
Boston, um, Clay Thompson getting a ton of looks and ton of shots. And he had 18 points last game. He missed so many makeable shots, in my opinion, that could have easily pushed him over this, uh, his point prop or his, uh, point prop in game four was 20 and a half. So he could have easily went over that had he just connected on a few more threes, which were very makeable looks. Um, and he's due for a breakout performance. He still hasn't played. He's played one good game in the finals by his standard. Uh, he's shown up in pivotal games throughout all three of the series um, Golden State's played uh, prior to the NBA Finals. So I'm expecting uh, a game in the 20s, another game in the 20s for Klay Thompson. And if uh, Boston does try to use the, the the strategy of make anyone besides Steph beat them, then I think Clay Thompson could be the benefactor of that strategy. So I'll go over his 19.5 points as my first player prop. What else do you got? So my other one is uh, you might feel – you might get a little warm in your heart here, but it's uh, Jalen Brown's three-pointers over two-and-a-half at minus 122. I looked at that. It's, it's minus 122 over? I thought it was better on the over. Or cheaper. Yeah, so at least when I wrote it down, it was 2.5 minus 122. All right, I'll look it up again while you're breaking it down. It is a little juicy. Um, So Brown, I think we can both say, especially efficiency-wise, he's been Boston's best offensive player. Him and and Tatum are both tied at 22.3 points per game behind Curry. But Brown shooting 44% from the field while Tatum shooting 34%. And... The thing that really gets me here is the Brown shot 36% from deep during the regular season. That's about, he's shooting 35.5. But what's the most impressive is that he's getting the attempts. It's kind of what you were saying with Thompson is the reason Thompson could be a better bet than Poole is because you know Thompson's going to get 40 plus minutes. Brown is going to get, he's averaging 36 minutes per game. He's averaging 7.8 attempts per game. And he's hit three and two of the last four. Um, and he's averaging 2.8 per game in the series. If he just stays consistent with what he's already been doing, which considering how they're going to need his scoring, I assume he will at least get eight attempts from three. Uh, that's just a prop I'd be willing to take. Yeah, I don't hate it. I okay. looked at that one pretty heavily because I, I like Jalen Brown's efficiency, and I think they are going to be putting up some threes in this game even more so uh, because they don't – again, they don't have very sound – like half court strategy. It's just kind of like power, try to get to the free throw line or try to hit three. So I don't hate that look. Uh, Brown, Brown over two and a half threes. Yeah, and I'm hoping he's a beneficiary of it because like I, like I was saying after game one, like Marcus or Derek White and Al Horford, sure, they were crushing it in games one when they win, but they're if you're going to win this series, you're going to win it through Brown and Tatum. Yeah, like at the end of the day, Al Horford is not who you're going to rely on to get 20 plus points. It's going to be Brown, and I expect him to have the ball in his hands often, get a three point attempts, and knock down his season average of three, or not season average of three, but if he shoots his three point average, he hits three of them. Yeah, um, well, that kind of segues pretty well into my second player prop. I'm going under Jason Tatum points 27. He's at 27 and a half. He's 26 and a half last game. I'll go under 27 and a half. Everyone's it seems like the books are expecting a bounce back. In fact, it's at 26 and a half under at most books. So if you are in Colorado or New Jersey, check out Tipico for this one because they're the only ones dealing 27 and a half that I've seen. Um, he's one, didn't he have 26 last game? 
Like that's a pretty or he had twenty three last game. Not, never mind. My bad. Continue. No, no, but he had uh twenty six one regular season game against the Warriors and then twenty seven in the other. So it's like this is this is a sharp player prop or point prop total for for Jason Tatum. He's went under twenty seven and a half points in five of the six uh, games that he's played against the Warriors this season, which obviously includes the regular season. He's averaging 22 points per game in this series. He's got the worst offensive rating in Boston's starting five. And Wiggins is locking Jason Tatum up. They're not talking about it. This guy is shooting 33% from the field when J- when when Andrew Wiggins is guarding him. 13 of 39. Andrew Wiggins and they Go ahead. They basically mimic Wiggins' minutes with Tatum. Like, oh, Wiggins, yeah. is get, Wiggins is getting 40, 42 minutes a game because I, Tatum's getting 42 minutes. So I don't know if you saw this uh, this video that was somewhat trending, but uh, Jason Tatum gave up, or, or uh, Andrew Wiggins gave up a Jason Tatum three, didn't fight through his screen hard enough in game three, and Andre Iguodal just let him have it. And you just see Andrew Wiggins saying, yep, you're right, you're right, nodding, you're right, you're right. And that was part of the reason why I liked Tatum under his points um, last game. And I'm just going to go back to the well on it. I think they're going to, like, Andrew Wiggins knows his primary assignments in these games are A, rebounding, or actually a defending Jason Tatum and B rebounding. Like that's what he's out there. And like, yeah, I mean, they, 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 if Jason Tatum's on the floor, Andrew Wiggins is standing right next to him. That's how it's working. And he's just, he's been a defensive menace. Um, and I do think like most of the market essentially just has given the Boston Celtics to Jason Tatum. I look at it as like a Tatum and Brown team. And at this point, I feel like Brown is going to be the one that's going to it's going to make it or break it for Boston, not Tatum. I think they're doing just too good of a job versus Tatum. He looks too skittish out there for me, and I just like Brown's shooting composure. And outside of like when he tries to drive to the lane and gets it stripped, I think his offense just looks better than Jason Tatum. So I'm going under Tatum's twenty-seven and a half points because. Wigan's going to be stuck on him like glue. Um, and, you know, he's really the, the least efficient offensive player in the Boston starting five. So going back to the well with that one, those are uh, – that's my fourth and, and final bet in this game. Do you have anything else in game five? No, but I will say it's ironic you went the under Tatum because there have been two player props. So I haven't given all these out on my articles. But there have been two player props that I've personally taken every single game, and it's been Tatum's under – and Draymond Green's under. And both of them would have hit every single game. But the one game that they missed was by one point. Right. I was going to say, Draymond definitely went over one, right? And he had, he had nine in one game, and Tatum had 28 in one game. <laughs> yeah. Every other game, both of those props have been money. And like like you said, if, it, if it's going to be profitable, might as well keep saying, hey, Draymond's not going to make it. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate it. Just my thing about Draymond... Um, going to that that player prop again is they're begging him to shoot it like they're all, they're like daring him to go to yeah. the basket like like dude go to the basket like like if he just hits a couple floaters a couple runners right gets gets a couple fouls like he could go over I, he's probably going under but like you I'm not gonna give that out as like a best bet 
Yeah, he only went over that one game because he had five points from the free throw line. Right. I was like, <laughs> I, I was watching that game pissed off because of that. But like, to your earlier point, if the Boston defense sells out against Steph Curry, he might just be like, F it, I'm going to attack the basket and get a couple cheap fouls, right? So that's it's kind of keeping me away from Draymond Green's yeah. uh, total. I actually looked at his rebounds as well. Um, his rebounds right now is seven and a half with the over at minus 106. I think he's going to get over seven and a half rebounds. Like he's, I mean, for defensive purposes, he'll be out there 35 minutes at least, if not 40, right? Like they're going to want to ride with their championship core. And like there's obvious and fair criticisms of Draymond Green offensively, but defensively, he's still their best and most important defender. And they're yeah. going to need him to play a factor in this game. And, like, you know, he's – I don't know what his, his – um, how many times he's went over. I'll pull that up right now, over seven and a half rebounds in these uh, in this series or in these playoffs. Two and two. But, two okay, and two. two and two. This Thanks, for, Thanks for helping me with that. So, it is – again, I'm not giving out as the best bet. That's one that I looked at. And I looked at over Al Horford, one and a half made threes. I mean – I think they're kind of going to be like, you know what, Al Horford, whatever. We're going to leave you on an island. He's going to get two or three wide open looks, and whether or not he makes them, we'll we'll decide if Golden State's defense adjusts. But I just feel like he's going to get open looks, and they're going to almost dare him to like beat them, and and maybe he gets over uh, one half threes. But yeah, I, I mean, another one, I'm not willing to go to the window on. He has six attempts in four of his last six, and he's hit that twice this series. So, like, again, it's not it's not one you hate. And really, with player props, there's so much, so much, um, like, different difference in them. That's variance. not the right word, but there, yeah, there's so much, so much variance, so many different variables that they're hard to like guarantee a win on. I mean, nothing's guaranteed, but uh, you really just see the edges. And like we said, the the edge for Brown and Poole, in my opinion, were solid. So, uh. Dude, there was a couple. You know, I remember I had Marcus Smart over five and a half assists last game. Uh, he went, he had five, so it went under. And I also had over Williams um, points. And there was a couple where Smart was right at five. He kicked it to Williams in the corner. Williams was at five points. And if he hit the three, I would have went over on both of them. And Williams missed a couple threes off of smart passes that would have cashed both overs. Williams ended up going over himself, but smart was right there. So I'm with you. I mean, it's a half a stat on assists. It's not that it's not really a bad beat, but it was kind of frustrating to watch because it was just like Marcus Smart got Grant Williams two fabulous looks and he should have cashed it for me. But at the same time, they're kind of the most thrilling props because like I had the Tatum under last game. I almost I almost canned it in the first half. He had 20 in the first half or 18 or something. I was almost like, yep, yeah, whatever. 16, yeah. That one away. yeah, and he was – he. if you bet the over, he was as aggressive as you wanted him to be. Like it looked like I, – I, I, feel, I feel you. As I was watching, I was like, oh, there's no way Tatum goes under here. This is screwed. Like even if he – like even if Wiggins was going to lock him up, I was just like, well, he'll get the usage to go over here and – if it gets to the point where Boston wins this game, he's probably going to be shooting free throws to clinch it. So I was shitting bricks after Tatum's first half. But again, just like this is why I'm confident in the Warriors. Like they make their second half adjustments. 
Boston's offense falls flat. It's very, very simple. If they hustle and get a little fortune in the offensive rebounds, yep, they're probably going to win. And if they're hitting their threes, yeah, they're probably going to win. But in terms of just like crispness, Golden State just has a much better edge. So unfortunately, we both can't win this one, at least not that one bet. But we can still make a profit, both of us, in this series or in this uh, game. So hopefully that's what that's what happens. Do you have any final thoughts or um, bets that you want to give out before we bounce? Nope. I got the the three. We don't, Are we doing a window or are we just uh... – no, I don't know. I don't feel like yeah. I'll just I'll just put it. I'll just let everyone peek behind the curtain. I don't feel like doing the production behind going to the window. It's a simple drop, but I just don't feel like it. So just he remind, right. just remind Celt- everyone your bets. Celtics plus four and a half. Pool over twelve point five points. Jalen Brown over two point five threes. Man, I feel like a real piece of shit. I should just drop it in. Nah, whatever. No, but now now you can't. Now you can't. You just got to ride it. You got to ride the laziness. Uh, I'm going Warriors minus four and a half. It was minus three and a half the whole day. I'm really pissed off. I have to take the four and a half. Dude, that's important too. They're yeah. three. They foul. One free throw goes in, not two. Four. Yeah, because I'm going to bet it through my personal uh, means, and I know I'm getting three and a half, so it's, fr- it's frustrating right now, but... Warriors minus four and a half and getting the worst than ever. Screw me. I'll take the Warriors minus zero and a half. Uh, so just to win the third quarter, pretty much their money line, but a tie was a loss. I'm going under Jason Tatum, 27 and a half points. Getting the best side of that number, thanks to Tipico. So whatever. I'll lose one, uh, uh, get um, line value in the other. And I'm going over Clay Thompson, 19 and a half points in game five. Um, we'll be back right Wednesday for game six. That's that's the hope we got a business trip, but that's the hope. So I'm definitely going to be back for game six. Nate is 90%, just like Robert Williams, 90% chance that he plays game six. (laughs) We'll be recording Wednesday, uh, game six tips off Thursday, which is news to me before this podcast, but, uh, we'll be back and we'll, uh, also we're going to do a U.S. open podcast, uh, next, well, in the next couple of days, but we'll be talking to you. Best of luck whether you fade or follow us. Peace. Yep. See you. Thought I'd see if anybody wanted to play some round ball. You're listening to the Bet Slipping Podcast Daily NBA Show featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire.